Well, it is the last news episode of the year. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Newsmas. There's so much news today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So much news. Um, But yeah, we're going to... Some good, some bad, some interesting, some (laughs) boring, depending on who you are. We're going to take... We're going to take next week off as far as news because it's, you know, like some sort of holiday or something. Humbug Grinch. Yep. Um, But then we'll hop right back into it in the new year and we'll cover all the stuff that we neglected to cover the week before and all of the other stuff. So have no fear. There's not going to be any news. Everybody takes Christmas off. That's so not true. <laughs> the busiest Everybody takes the whole week off and nobody works. <laughs> in North America, Christmas Day, December 25th is the busiest day for movie theaters. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's it is what it is. You get you know, no one's at work except for the movie theater people apparently. Um <laughs> Your family gets together. Someone's like, Except "Hey, the people, people. let's let's go see the newest Human Centipede." And everyone Except piles the in the car people. and they they head over to the theater um, and eat popcorn because you know how Except much more Christmassy people. can you? Well, I I everybody have a but feeling, the theater people gets to do those things. I have a feeling the movie theater people are sneaking popcorn. If they're eating people's leftovers for, that have yeah. been left behind, like Aaron Mater, like Aaron Mater, yeah. So gross. I used to think I did. I did that. I did the popcorn thing like once or twice back yeah. in the day. I just don't think in a post-COVID world I could ever like. I don't know. We've become so aware now of like germs that it's like you know. Some if of us I are like crazy. Popcorn more. It wouldn't bother me. I'd still do it. No, but I don't like popcorn enough to go hunting for it. If somebody left behind a half-eaten bag of like peanut M and M's, oh yeah, I'd take that home. Yeah, well, peanut peanut M and M's are the greatest candy ever made. But um, yeah, that's, or licorice you know. or you know, like, but it, 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 popcorn, I don't know, yeah. doesn't do it. Yeah, it not. I like popcorn, but it's not my go-to movie-going snack treat. Right. Okay. So, uh, like, it's not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, uh, it's not up there enough for me to buy it, let alone hunt it down a half-eaten bag. So, hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. The B-Team. That's Carl. And this over here is Brady. Yeah. See, I wasn't <laughs> going to tee you up, but I was like, I'm not getting him anything else for Christmas, so... <laughs> Maybe this will suffice. Maybe this will, you know, fill him with warm, fuzzy feeling that he typically yeah. only gets from eggnog. Well, it, the clone, your work? clone that's sitting beside me here, he, uh, he'll get me something. Oh, that was successful, eh? You know, mm-hmm. that I knew that was something you were working on and, and call me old-fashioned, but I kind of sort of thought maybe that was the type of thing you would keep me updated on. Well, I'm but, pretty sure he's the clone, but when I knocked you out and then you were both on the sl- the cold slabs there at the same time, I, I got confused for a moment. So we may have gotten yeah, switched in the sure lab. I'm not sure who's the clone anymore. Huh. So in your cloning 
endeavor, you the clone would not know that he's a clone. No, of course not. No, he's okay. got all the memories. It's like it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, what, what was it? Um, the Sixth Day. The Sixth Day. He, he all the memories are intact. You just got a small gap in time that you yeah. can't remember, but. I mean, who doesn't after a good Yeah, adventure? I was going to say, don't we all? <laughs> We've all got like, uh, do I remember my 19th birthday? <laughs> no, but not because I w- was drinking. I just, I, I don't know. You know, so few birthdays stand out. That's not like a, you know, if I was like, hey, Carl, what did you do for your 23rd birthday? I probably sat home alone and watched something. Oh, that's all right. Well. Shifting into a less depressing topic. Uh, Like I said, we have a shit ton of movie news today, so we're just going to start barreling through them. This first topic, I'm actually going to take several of the topics from the show notes and kind of... Amalgamate? Amalgamate them. Sure. Um, Just because I think that's naturally where the conversation's going to go. Make it a Um, shorter list. Yeah. Um, So... One of the things that we have been keeping our ears perked for um, as far as movie news as comic book nerdy fans uh, is what the hell is going on over at DC. Uh, A couple Mm -hmm. of months ago, we got James Gunn and Peter Safran um, hired as the, the studio heads for the brand new DC studios, sort of filling the the Kevin Feige-esque role for DC, if you will. Um, And we knew that changes were coming. They needed to, because otherwise it doesn't make sense. You don't pay all this money for hiring these guys, for for getting these contracts set up, and then institute them and create the studio and do all this stuff simply to have them steer the ship in the same direction it's been going in. Yeah. doesn't make any sense, right? It's idiotic. If they're going to steer the ship. They need to start from a new port. They got to do something new. And we've been getting all kinds of stuff coming out about canceled, you know, upcoming projects that are now canceled, castings, things like. Um, yeah. Last week, we talked about Wonder Woman getting the big no thank yeah. you to the script. Yeah, which a little bit of i will touch on a little bit of additional information came out in the form of patty jenkins herself releasing a statement saying i never walked hmm. i never walked away from that that was that was the studio that was not her having a hissy fit over them wanting her to make changes so we don't know where that rumor came from um but hmm. Patty Jenkins has set that straight. Either way, it's just the new direction of the DCU. And something we've been talking about for a while is they're going to have to reboot. You got to start fresh. You got to get the mm-hmm. bad taste of of what's already happened sort of out of our mouths. And we've wondered, when are we going to know? What is this plan? If there's a plan, there's a 10-year plan, yeah. is, give, is give what we've been map. told. Yeah, we, well, we've been told that they're, What's they're your you know, phase one? they sat down in a room for a week and locked themselves in and peed into bottles and all kinds of stuff in order Ugh, to. That's nasty. In order to come up with a 10 year roadmap. And this comes to us the other day, December 14th, from James Gunn's Twitter account. Now, James Gunn, when it comes to news, is fantastic because the man is all over social media and. 
you know, where better to hear this stuff than from the source. He says, Peter and I have a DC slate ready to go, which we couldn't be more over the moon about. We'll be able to share some exciting information about our first projects at the beginning of the new year. Then someone asks, please tell me this isn't an origin movie. To which James Mm -hmm. Gunn says, no way. So we have our roadmap. We don't have our roadmap. They have their roadmap. Um, They're ready to start dropping stuff to us. It sounds like maybe even in January, a couple of weeks away. Um, And they're not there. It sounds like they're not going to do the whole, okay, baby falls out of the sky and two Kansas farmers find him. And then a boy's walking through an alley with his parents after coming out of the Monarch theater. And then they're held at gunpoint And, you know, there's this small girl on this island of female warriors who they're they are going to just going to jump right into it, jump right in and go now, which I think is a great way to go. Absolutely. We've seen it like, you know, even even something like Batman v Superman, love it or hate it. I think it did the Batman origin correctly if you were going to tell an origin story for this batman that movie did it correctly it was done during the opening credits in this kind of like dramatic montage wispy flashbacks kind of thing and it was perfect because we already know the story we don't need to see peter parker get bit by a spider i i think well even more so like characters that aren't so well known you don't need to necessarily dive into their backstory to their, their, their origin story to, to tell a good story. Like right. the audience isn't stupid. You could, you just have a quick line or two saying this is the person discussing what happened or saying with a quick line, Oh, you know, I fell into a vat of radioactive waste and now I'm super giant squid man. You know, Un- like- unless, unless their origin story is, intrinsically tied to their motives Mm. right if you have mr freeze and you don't understand why mr freeze is doing what he's doing but but like batman's the same thing like batman what he does what he does is is because it's intrinsically tied to his origin which is i think most you could almost say that with most superheroes yeah i think i mean like you don't have spider-man spider-man's just like Spider-Man's just like he's got a good conscience and he's like you know yeah but he, Tom Tom Holland said it best he's like if you had the powers if you're able to do the things that I can do and you don't and then the bad things happen yeah but it's intrinsically you. tied to uncle what uncle Ben says to him right or in the case which, of MCU what Aunt May says to him which but which again they did fine because we still got in Spider-Man No Way Home we still got reference to the you know, with great power, we still got reference to the fact that at some point someone has said this to him and it mm-hmm. has stuck with him, but we still didn't need to see uncle Ben. No, but I mean th- that I feel like that's a bit of a f- 
using the MCU Spider-Man's a bit of uh, as not using an origin story is a little flawed because they did three movies to create an origin story. <laughs> uh, arguably, arguably, <laughs> but yeah. so but like, uh, yeah, I think that there are better there are better examples there are because we've had a few superhero movies that didn't do the or quote unquote origin story and did it well. Um, the Mar- Mar- the MCU Hulk with um, what's his name that well. Uh, which one? Mark Ruffalo, Ed Norton? No, Ed Norton. Like, they yeah. didn't really do an origin story there. No, they the just opening a, montage. Like, the, oh, oh, just quick couple flashes of what happened. And then a couple flashes, kind of flashy, flash, quick flashbacks or talking about it um, throughout the film. Right. Right. Uh, General Ross talks about how he experimented on himself. And yeah. So you can, you can have the information about the character's origin story without actually having to give us 15 or 20 minutes or a two hour film about it. Right. So one of the things we've been wondering about this is who is going to be like one of the things that made the initial sort of era of the MCU so successful, I think is that you had some pretty clear figureheads you had a couple of characters that sort of were the glue that held the universe together. Those being characters like Tony Stark and Captain America. Mm-hmm. Right? They Nick were kind Fury. of they were kind of the glue that tied everything together in one way or another. Um, and so that's kind of something that DC needs moving forward. And now we've talked about how James Gunn has said one of those things is going to be Superman. Superman is like our biggest priority moving forward. One of our biggest, if not our biggest, right? He is the DCU figurehead. And and as he should be, because even though Superman is not my favorite superhero, I think you you'd be hard pressed to argue against the fact that Superman is one of the most important superheroes. Right. Just in terms of like how it's influenced, how it's informed the rest of comic book hood and how, you know, our idea of superheroes in a nutshell kind of all trace back to Superman. If you ask a kid... Right. If you think back to when you're a kid, don't think of any specific superhero, just like generic superhero. Well, he's he can probably fly. He's super strong. He's probably bulletproof. Right. You start thinking of the Superman. He's got a cape. Well, yeah, probably he's a legitimately onesie. one of the first comic book superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it makes sense to have Superman. Superman is your silver bullet when it comes to DC. Um, But one of the other questions has been, so where does Batman fall into all of this? That's certainly been a question of mine. Um, And there was a report that came out from Variety a couple days ago. And the gentleman said, a well-placed source tells me 
or tells Variety that James Gunn and Peter Safran are exploring the possibility of incorporating Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson's Batman into their wider DC universe, to which the wonderful James Gunn very promptly replied, There are few reporters I love more than Adam Bavari. A truly good guy. But in this case, he needs to get a new source because this is entirely untrue. So we have confirmation that that's not happening, that that the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, Batman are their own thing. They're staying as their own thing. But James Gunn has also said that Batman is a very big part, is is a very important part of the DC universe. Well, of course, yeah. Oh, of <laughs> he's, course. Well, he's but a, I mean, he's the money maker. He's he's yeah, he's the, but you know, some basket. people some people have argued of late, and I don't even know that I can really disagree that there has been a little bit of Batman oversaturation uh, that yeah. we've gotten so many different, you know, I, I, new castings and and yeah. and spinoffs and all this yeah, stuff just kind of constantly years, thrown at us. We've gotten what three Batmans, three different. Well, we've had we had the Christian Bale stuff, then we had Ben Affleck, then we have Robert Pattinson. We have stuff set in the Batman universe, like the Joker film, and and yeah. so yeah, and now this will be another new casting for Batman. Right. I would I would I would agree that it's a, like that all that being stated, it's a little kind of overwhelmed, oversaturated, but that doesn't make it any less of a moneymaker. Like if you think of DC cinema, DC comics and movies, Batman gets it done every time. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Like you can't, if, if, if Superman is the heart of, of DC and that's why you have to include him in, the the James Gunn DCU, then yeah, Batman Batman's the, the pocketbook, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, in the pocketbook, yeah. yeah. One character we haven't heard anything about, who I think we need to, because I have a belief, which is that your DC universe needs to revolve around. If you're going to do this right, it needs to revolve around three characters. It needs to be the story of three characters. And then you bring in some auxiliary characters and some supporting heroes and stuff like that in order to kind of like flesh out and, 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 you know, add complexity to their stories and stuff like that. But the DC Trinity, if you're going to have Batman and you're going to have Superman, you have to have Wonder Woman. Yeah. That's just it. it, For sure. You know, I don't think... I don't think you can really argue against that. What I'm hoping for, we've t- Peter Safran and James Gunn have talked about like the Superman that they're looking for. They're looking for a younger Superman, not like a high school. Like I don't think we're gonna get Smallville Superboy, um, but I do think you know, sort of like 30 years old will kind of be the cap for the age. because I mean they're. I mean, for two reasons. Maybe that's the story they're telling is of younger heroes. And two, these are castings that they're making, hopefully for the next 10, 15, maybe 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. So you 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 can't go cast another old man Batman and then be doing Batman 
when he's 70. Even though we're about to get the most amazing thing I've ever seen in the form of the return of Michael Keaton, you can't, you can't build your universe around old man, Batman. No, because there's just not enough stories to tell there. And you can't bring Robin in that way. It gets a little weird. Too much stuff has happened off screen that we're not aware of. I think, oh man, if I, if, if I could wish list what I would want from the DCU with moving forward. Oh, I wonder if it's what, I wonder if you're about to say what I'm thinking. Cause I have a, I have what I want the story to be, but, but go. Ooh. Okay. I would, I would like to see, yeah, I don't want to see origin stories. I want, I would, I would like the, 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 the DCU franchise to kick off just superhero super powered people exist in this world there's don't needs to be an explanation of why and how they got their powers maybe like we were talking about little callbacks or conversations about it a couple lines here there but i think like an origin of the justice league would be appropriate i mean we we got that all these Hmm? pardon i mean we got that in justice League. Uh, yes and no We've, we got the, the like the Zack Snyder thing that was to me, that wasn't a justice league movie. That was a team up movie, right? A justice league. The justice league is an organized body of superheroes working together, communicating home base, strategizing. There's, there's a structured command group. Uh, there's a, a body of superheroes who are, who sit as the leaders of the, of the group and delegate below. So it's more like an organization rather than a team. And we, so we didn't really get that. And I would let, I think it'd be really cool to see like the formation of this unified group with structure right. to it. Yeah. Um, st- kicking off with the big three, Superman, Wonder Woman, yeah. Batman. You kind bring of in, le- helming that bring in right? green lantern yeah and and like you just got like yeah you got character you got dc characters just all over the well <laughs> not all over all over the place but like popping up in the background and the foreground and and it's like oh hey look back in that far corner there's this person and there's that superhero and like yeah. uh, there's a newspaper somebody's holding and it's got a screen. It's got a picture front page picture of this hero from this town doing something. And right. you know, like just build us a world where this, all, all these super powered people already exist. Right. Right. So like contrast that to Marvel, Marvel started out. There weren't, there weren't any superheroes on earth. Like, um, for for the most part, we get a little bit of flashbacks, kind of like Captain America was the first super soldier, um, Ant Man, uh, Hank Pym. Shortly after that, created some kind of thing, and there was the Agents of Shield or whatever, however canon that is. So there was some super powered stuff, but in terms of like the movie verse, up until Iron Man, or after 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 post iron man all of a sudden they just started showing up everywhere you know it, it took right. a little while to get there we the later more recent films kind of show us that oh no they've been there but 
kind of hidden in the background. Carol Danvers, but she left Earth. And you know yeah, what I mean? The Eternals. The Eternals. But I think it would be cool if like, no, this this world, this Earth, it's just populated. There's superhuman people everywhere. Some of them are villains. Some of them are good guys. And, you know, there are heroes for cities. And there's sometimes several heroes for a city. But there's also several villains in each. Like, if this world right. just exists that, you know, and don't don't treat the audience and me like oh they can't they can't handle the fact that this is a thing no 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 i'm i'm intelligent i'm an intelligent human being i can think for myself and i can suspend disbelief enough especially with what the DC, the, the mcu's given us that a world sure. full of super powered people exists don't yeah. don't treat me that way treat me write a story where this world is full of these people yeah, I think that would be cool. And then, yeah, ha- using that kind of premise as the origin story and building of the Justice League, and not an origin story for individuals. Right. That's that's what that would be my wish list. And you can build so, stories off from that. So my wish list, which is works out with your, it doesn't contradict yours. I do want a forming of the Justice League, but I, I I'm taking it one step further. I very, 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 very <laughs> words. Talking. I want Word. to see the Justice League protocol. The Justice which, League protocol, like Batman. Are we talking so, about like Batman's yeah, protocols? Yeah. So, 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 if people don't know, um, basically, Batman Bruce has devises, comes up with, puts in place a contingency for every member of the justice league if so-and-so goes goes off the rails this is how we take them out Mm. if this character goes so-and-so off the rails this is how we take him out he's got a stash of kryptonite for superman he's got you know and and the reason why i want to see this is because a it's fun b it creates or could create some fun sort of like friendly conflict maybe not so friendly conflict between him and the other justice league members yeah right it's a little bit of a but but see because i think one of the greatest lines ever spoken in dc comic history is when superman asks batman so what is the contingency for you and batman looks at superman and says you are <laughs> yeah. And it just gives me chills. It's like this like, you know, if I go off the rails, you need to take me out. Like I, I, I don't know, it's just so cool. But yeah, I, I whatever they do, I'm excited for it. Now, it does seem like even though this is a reboot, it's a fresh start, we're moving forward, there are some familiar faces that are going to be a part of this universe either on screen or behind the camera moving forward. Now, someone had tweeted out a little while ago, a couple days ago, saying, could Ben Affleck direct? Because regardless of what you think of Ben Affleck as an actor, Ben Affleck's directing resume is pretty solid. Yeah. If you look at the films that Ben Affleck's directed, he has got directing chops. And James Gunn replied and said, Met with, ben, met with Ben yesterday precisely because 
he wants to direct. Mm. And we want him to direct. We just have to find the right project. Yeah. I I say even though he won't be starring in it, if you can find a way to make it fit into the universe that you're building, let him direct that Batman movie that he was going to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. The other is we did get official confirmation from Henry Cavill that he is out. He is done. Um, he posted on Instagram, and I sent it to you. And I'm just trying to pull it up here. He says, I've just had a meeting with James Gunn and Peter Safran, and it's sad news. I will, after all, not be returning as Superman. After being told by the studio to announce my return back in October prior to their hire, this news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that. James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them all, I wish them and all involved with the new universe the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. For those who have been by my side through the years, we can mourn for a bit. But then we must remember, Superman is still around. Everything he stands for still exists. And the examples he sets for us are still there. My turn to wear the cape has passed, but what Superman stands for never will. It's been a fun ride with you all, onwards and upwards. Mm -hmm. Now, can you imagine a classier (laughs) thing for Henry Cavill to come out and say? Lot, lots of respect his way, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Um, While we're on Henry, if... There, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Just punch here. it. Yeah, punch it. Just hit my mic. It's exciting news. Did you hear his new project he's been hired to work on? The Warhammer. Warhammer. Yeah, so he's going from one thing he loves to going to work on something he probably loves more than anything else. So for those that don't know, probably more than he's anybody a huge loves. Warhammer player. Mini- Has for been for a know, while. Warhammer. Warhammer is a miniatures war game. So like little six, seven, eight millimeter figures standing tall and you play a game with them rolling dice and fighting. <laughs> he's got, he's, he's huge into this game. So he's going from one thing that he was passionate about to probably the thing he's most passionate about. <laughs> right now so he's, yeah. he's probably more than happy to step away from superman to have time to do this other project <laughs> yeah um having said that he might not be done with the dcu so one of the things that james gunn has said is that you know they've met with henry cavill they had a good meeting blah 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 it's sad to see him go uh however part of their discussions is that they are excited to find ways that they can that you know they can work with henry in the future oh yeah so is it possible that we will see henry cavill show up at some point in the dcu as a character other than superman there's already been reports and heavy speculation about something (laughs) there's already been reports and heavy speculation that um that jason momoa although he will no longer be playing Aquaman, that he might be donning the mantle of Lobo in the new DCU. Cool. I think it be would be cool, and it, anyway. he's got the look, he's got this, like, it would work. 
It would work yeah. totally. I can picture that right away. What's your cool idea for Henry? Okay. A Superman kind of adjacent character. So you get somebody else playing Superman, but there are plenty of characters in the DC universe in comics that are Superman, but aren't Superman. So Henry Cavill as, as, um, uh, what is it? Ultimate man, the alternate universe, yeah. alternate universe, Superman who like kryptonite makes him stronger and like just all kinds of craziness or, or bizarro Superman. <laughs> I, I think, think that would be they, so cool. It would be cool, especially the Bizarro one. I think if they're going to do that, it won't be for a long time. Um, yeah, like to have you need to establish don the mantle once before, come back yeah. and don it kind in a different way. Oh, that'd be yeah, so cool. Because you need to really start out and establish your your universe with something that people are familiar with. Right. You can't have like your first, you know, all of a sudden, well, it's the DCU and there's technically three Supermen. Yeah. Uh, no, pe- agree. People are well, going to get. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the same problem with like Batman leaving the justice. You got to establish that first and then yeah. you can yeah. do uh, the contingency protocols. And yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's the stuff that that is our it technically like th- three or four topics in one, but that's the stuff going on with the DCU. Um, but you let us know what you think about that. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for the DCU? Are these changes that you think are good? Are you, you don't care? Are, have you What's been so DCU burnt? wish list? Yeah. Have you been so burnt by the DCU that you're like, eh, you're not even interested now? Like you're just, you're not going to give it a chance. Please don't be Done that person. Out. Don't be that person. Okay, moving on. Uh, Avatar The Way of Water is From officially out in, to another. in theaters. <laughs> yeah, I've not yet seen it. Um, probably in the next couple of days because we're going to review it for the podcast and I don't know, unless unless I see it when I'm in town and you and I and Pete find a way to see it together, but we'll see. I, I, I'm not sure when I'm seeing it yet, but um, it is out after... 14 years since the first one. 13 years. 13 years. It's a very long time. It's a good good length of time. There should be gaps between movies. It's, it's, (laughs) well, you know, yeah. It's hefty. It's a hefty amount of time. Um, And after all that time and so much work, James Cameron, the mastermind behind it all, caught COVID on a plane and wasn't able to go to his own premiere. I seen it anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah. See, here's the thing. Like any film, you know, you pick a, you pick a sort of supporting character movie from the MCU or you pick, you pick any movie that's not like, you know, the new Star Wars or whatever it is. Even, even like a new Star Wars film. If the director can't make it, to the premiere that really sucks it really sucks but after 13 years of it's not like it's not like they took time off it's a long he's been working on it for like bummer to miss oh my gosh i can't imagine i just can't imagine after all of he's been the figurehead for this universe maybe they zoomed him in maybe he watched it via skype call i don't know I don't. Yeah, one of those remote watch parties. Okay, 
Okay, let's <laughs> let's press play at the same time. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that sucks. But moving on. The first trailer has arrived for Spider-Man Across the Universe. Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, Spider-Verse. Uh, listen, when the first one came out into the Spider-Verse, I, I was skeptical going in. When they announced that they were going to do a Miles Morales movie, I thought that'll make some fans really happy, but ultimately from a business, from like a financial standpoint, what a waste of money. Um, it's going to be animated. So, I mean, if you're going to do a Miles Morales story at the time, sure, dump it. That's, that's the place you dump it is you, you do a cartoon thing. Um, but I was like, eh, I didn't even see, like I didn't go to theaters to see it. I just kind of waited until it was like, super readily available and even then it took me some time to get around to it oh my gosh i don't know if i've ever been more wrong oh this is a great film it was from the animation style which was like that it felt like you were watching a comic book yeah to the surprise characters that showed up like nicholas yeah. cage playing spider-man oh my gosh spider-man noir yeah like you know and spider pig and like just good it was it was it was something special and so and not only was that a good movie all in of itself but i think that movie was sort of a proof of concept for a bunch of other things too like i i don't think that when dc starts talking about doing a batman beyond that they're not taking miles morales's success into their consideration absolutely mm. they are yeah. Right. That is that is shown people, hey, there may be a place for for these alternate versions, these legacy characters to kind of, you know, come in and and do their yeah. thing. Yeah. We've talked about legacy characters recently. And yeah, Miles Morales is one of those legacy characters that it was has been done really well. And fans have really appreciated how well it's been done, both in in comics and now in cinema. Mm -hmm. So after that first one, we started to wonder, is so there the, going the, to be more? There was and a, then they a bit of a cliffhanger ending. Yeah. And then they announced that there would be more. And so then the wait for the trailer began. The trailer is here. I've seen it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've seen it. I think as trailers go... I think the first 75% of it is a little underwhelming. It doesn't really give you much. You don't really understand what the story is or what the point is. But I got to tell you, those scenes towards the end of the trailer that are very almost like No Way Home reminiscent when you see the three Spider-Man like swinging through the air. But instead of getting, I don't know, what do we get in the first one? Like eight different Spider-Man variations? Something like that? Quite a bit, yeah. There's like 30 on screen. Well, there's here. more than 30. There's this, there's one sh scene where it's like some weird in-between worlds universe. And it's just everybody in this, in this universe is a version of Spider-Man. Yeah. Walking around. So I've seen around. the trailer. I think it's a little underwhelming, but 
the whole point of a movie trailer is to take your excitement level and bump it up. Take your excitement level for a film wherever it is and increase your excitement level. Get you to take the bait and get hooked. And that being said, I think this is a successful trailer, at least for me. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I've seen the trailer like two or three times now. um, And I'm... I'm hooked. I'm excited. I'm like, you know, I don't know where this is going to go. It's, yeah, it looks bait. like it looks like chaos. It looks like the logical place to go, even though we don't have a lot of story revealed to us. Yeah. It looks like, you know, they're taking it in the logical next step. Um, and I'm I'm all for it. Anyways, yeah. you saw Fish the trailer. On. Brady's ready to get in the boat. <laughs> you saw the trailer, <laughs> namely because I sent it to you and yeah. and told you you have no choice. Contractually agu- uh, obligated. <laughs> yep. And uh, what are your thoughts on the first trailer for the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse movie? Oh, oh man, yeah, I thought it was. It was. I thought it was a good trailer overall. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was intriguing how they were using 2099 Spider-Man as kind of an antagonist in the trailer. I I'm hoping that he becomes more of a uh, like oh, that that kind of only plays out in the first act of the film and then the real antagonist shows up later on. But yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm interested. I mean, I was going to I was hyped for it one way once it was announced even without the trailer. So I'm 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 in I'm in I'm in I'm in let me see it I'm in let me see uh, all right show me more something we've been talking about for a while both on this show and and just as fans in general is that something's not quite working over at Lucasfilm for a while it's not been for right. a while and it's <laughs> quite a while it's it's been a number of things let's not everyone likes to go oh, it's Kathleen Kennedy she's the worst. Get out of here. It's been a number of things. There have been a number of issues over at Lucasfilm, and they have not all directly come back to Kathleen Wynn. However, some of them have. And what did I say? Kathleen Wynn, the former Uh, premier. That's my Ontario. (laughs) That's my uh, Kathleen Kennedy. Jeez. If only I had the time, energy, and interest to e- edit that out. <laughs> so, Kathleen Kennedy. Um, yeah, a lot of people have wanted her gone. And we talked, I think it was last week or the week before, that reports were saying that that is going to happen, um, that she is stepping away. And reports have now come out from a fairly reliable source, a, a producer who is close to the situation, who has said, yeah, it's it's we're we're moving full steam ahead with this. And Kathleen has it's not like the Bob Chapek thing where it's like, surprise, asshole. No, this is this is everyone's aware that it's happening. There's a schedule put in place. Kathleen, it sounds like, has agreed to her severance package. Everyone's everyone's happy. We're all on the same page. Um, and it sounds like this departure is going to happen pretty much immediately following Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So that'll be her last attributed credit to yeah. Lucasfilm. Um, at least as head of the studio, 
right? No. I, she's she's as we've talked about, she's one of the greatest producers of all time, and so who knows if it's if they're de- if they're parting on happy terms, there may be room for her to have a producer role on something moving forward. Um, but I don't at feel least like this it, is one of those situations where you bring the person back to like. But why? I don't know. I just you don't you don't let somebody go just to bring them back to work on something else. Well, yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard. It, it, and maybe they, they probably won't, but there's a potential that the door is, is, is yeah, open. Like there. She's not resigning or she's not resigning or retiring. Let's well, be we honest. don't know. She's being fired. No, we don't know we don't, that. You can't say that. It's we a don't severance know that. package, Brady. Severance packages are given when a person is let go or fired. She's being fired for whatever reasons. I'm going to attribute it to incompetence <laughs> because of what what's happened uh, with Star Wars and other Lucasfilm properties. But <laughs> like, yeah, she's you don't bring somebody back to work on something once you've fired them. You, yeah, once once you fire somebody, they're out the door, and you find more more competent people to do their job. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I do think it's important that we, that the, you know, whenever someone does a job and then they leave that job, they leave behind a legacy, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that, because a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Kathleen Kennedy is the worst thing that's ever happened to Star Wars and blah, 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 and all this stuff. Under Kathleen's reign, there have been some, some duds, absolutely. There was the sequel series, sequel trilogy um, mm-hmm. that didn't have a direction or a plan and and was kind of here, there, and everywhere. There was the Obi-Wan series, which I it had some great moments, um, but ultimately for a lot of people it was underwhelming. There was Book of Boba Fett, which was messy, wasn't wasn't what everyone was kind of hoping it would be. But having said that, there have also been some, Kathleen's had some very big successes. It was under Kathleen Kennedy that we got Mandalorian. It was under Kathleen Kennedy that we got Andor, which you and I have said could be like, at least from a writing standpoint, is possibly the greatest thing that Star Wars has put out, at least show-wise. She gave us Rogue One, which is a fantastic film. Even though it underperformed and did really awful, I really enjoyed Solo. Wasn't a film we were asking for, wasn't a film we needed, but I didn't think it was a bad movie. So, I just think, think it's important to remember that her legacy is going to be a mixed one, but that I don't think that Kathleen Kennedy is the worst thing that's ever happened to Star Wars. I don't think she she screwed up everything. You know, there, there are people who are like, nothing she's done at Star Wars has been good and it's been garbage and it's all the worst. Well, that's, I mean, that's subjective. Maybe you haven't liked all of it, but if you were to pull the, the, vari- the variety, the majority of people... And sort of lay these options out for them and say, like, you know, here here are the Star Wars projects from the last eight years, the last six years, however long. Uh, which ones of these 
do you like and which ones don't you? The majority of people are going to put a check mark next to at least several of them saying, yeah, that was really good. And and you can't remove Kathleen Kennedy from that equation. So I, I don't know. Some of those titles certainly probably ring out as things that you've enjoyed, right? Yeah, I, I would from from kind of the news and uh, gossip speculation stuff that I've heard in the last six or eight years, there's really been two camps within Lucasfilm. Um, and the, the one camp is kind of Kathleen Kennedy. The other camp uh, revolves around Dave Filoni and John Favreau and what they've they've worked on and been a part of. And but still under the guise of, still under the, the under leadership the, of Kathleen. Yes. But some of the stuff I've seen is that, like, they've been given f- more free reign away from Kathleen. They've fought for what, I don't, like, obviously, I'm, this is a lot of, there's a lot of speculation here, but yep. there's, f- however they did it, they've kind of gone got, gotten out of some of the oversight of Kathleen to create something like Mandalorian which is feels very much more like an, uh, a Star Wars kind of original product um, mm-hmm. compare that to the first several episodes of Andor which took a while to feel like Star Wars but was still yeah, ended up got there though in, in the end was very Star Wars um, so like so, and and that being said, so like, yeah, I, I f- this news to me feels like you know Dave Filoni and John Favreau they're still in Lu- within Lucasfilm doing their thing. It feels like that one camp is kind of one out over the other one, and that's the direct the vision and direction of those two is probably the direction it'll end up going, depending on who takes over. Yeah, and uh, but I I think it's important to know that 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 if they were given free reign, the person who would have had the power to give them that free reign again is Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, right. There are those above Kathleen Kennedy within Disney, though. Within that Disney, could, could could tell Kath like those and those above Kathleen Kennedy can say, well, shareholders. Uh, Chape, uh, one of the, uh, it wasn't one of the, which Bob was it? Whatever Bob was in charge at the time, you know, could have said to Kathleen, you leave them alone, let them do their own thing. Let them, and at that point, she can't say yes or no to, to them. Right. Yeah, so I don't, there is I that just, possibility because, especially for somebody like Dave Filoni, who's worked on Star Wars projects long before Kathleen Kennedy was in charge of Lucasfilm. Yeah. 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 Anyways. So the question comes up then who's going to take over. I think personally, I think it's going to be someone new. I don't think it's going to be someone. I don't think it's going to be a name that we're currently familiar with within Mm -hmm. the star Wars universe. I know you're rooting for Dave Filoni. We've had this conversation. And since that conversation, I think I feel swayed by your some of your arguments about not giving Dave Filoni that promotion, letting his artistic vision shine. And I think John Favreau would be a better appoint appointment to that role at this point. 
yeah, but I also just want to let his creative thing shine. I want to let him just focus on on making shows instead of, you know, doing... I think, I think the do other both. reason why Dave Filoni wouldn't make sense, um, and this is, I, this is no knock against Dave Filoni, but Dave Filoni really doesn't know very much about live-action production. Hmm. Right? Like... If if you well, were if if this was aside strictly from working on Mandalorian, right? But if this was strictly an animated studio, then I would I think there'd be much more sort of like that would make a lot more sense. But if you're putting someone in charge of like, hey, we're gonna do Star Wars Episode Ten, I I don't think Dave Filoni's your guy, right? And I think even Dave Filoni would say that. Hey, look, I'm not your guy. I. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know, I'll do these other things. I've got these other projects that I think are awesome, and let's make those. And and you know, giddy up, let's go. But yeah, it's hard to say. Anyways, moving on. Do you remember a movie called George of the Jungle? Yeah, so good. Yeah, so bad, but it's so good. <laughs> uh, what about the Mummy? Oh. Definitely. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blast from the past. Blast from the past. Uh, yeah. No, you don't know that one. Is that? Is that? That's not the one where Brendan Fraser said Neanderthal frozen in ice comes to. That one's a different one. No, they're uh, they're hiding in a bomb shelter because a plane crashes in their backyard. Oh yeah yeah okay yep yeah I've seen that. yeah 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 yeah. 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 Um, uh, you've already you've already spoiled the the whole thing here but what what do those films have in common (laughs) uh they're all awesome because they got brendan fraser because they've got brendan 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 fraser uh yeah man in the in the 90s and the early 2000s it brendan fraser was like the superstar right he was like i wouldn't be surprised if at some point he was voted like sexiest man alive he was he was a hunk all the ladies wanted him he was doing a lot of his own stunts he was like he was just unstoppable he was hilarious and and he was awesome to to coin a carl term he was freaking awesome freaking awesome he was he was all over it and then the dark ages happened a bunch of stuff went on and we won't get into in Brendan Fraser's personal life with relationships and finances and and injuries and all kinds of stuff. It just he, he was not in a position where he could. It wasn't that like Hollywood didn't want him. He was not in a position where he was able to perform, act in movies. Well, time has passed, and Brendan Fraser has has climbed back into the saddle. There's talks about doing another mummy movie with him. Oh my god, I would lose my mind. I want that so bad. Um, but the biggest buzz that we've been getting, a, a buzz around a film that, when it opened at its film festival, received an eight-minute standing ovation. Eight minutes. Like people say, oh yeah, like for has acting in the role. Yeah, like people say, oh yeah, like an eight-minute standing ovation. No, no, no. Try standing there and clapping for eight minutes, and then I would try standing there. (laughs) Try standing there and waiting while people are clapping for you for eight minutes. That's longer than Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) 
That's a long, long, long ass time. And this what? is all for the film, The Whale. Can we just pause? This, you've brought up a very interesting social dilemma here. Okay, what? Uh, <laughs> if you're part of that eight minute clap, what's going through your head? Oh my God, that was amazing. For eight minutes? I don't know. Like, I, for me, everybody in that room, my, the only thing I can think of for me is after two, three, definitely four or five minutes, everybody's thought is, if I sit down first, am I the asshole? <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. He's not stopping. Should I, I can't, stop? I can't stop because everybody else is still going. When yeah. do I sit down? When is appropriate? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like like nobody wants to stand and clap that long. You can't. Well, no matter how most, good the performance is, <laughs> most applauses, most standing ovations, though fizzle out on their own. Not like any time you've witnessed one, yeah, kind of fizzles out on its own. But this one didn't. Now it's for the film, the whale, and we have finally gotten after after all of this buzz and this talk and all of this stuff. Uh, Brendan Fraser is 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 being favorited as he's being pushed and talked about nonstop for Oscar consideration. And the first trailer has dropped. I watched this trailer. I didn't know I I knew all I knew was that it was about Brendan Fraser in a fat suit. <laughs> that they'd like applied all these prosthetics to him and and yeah. this whole apparatus and and so on and so forth. I really didn't know anything else about it. Then I watched this trailer and it was interesting. It seemed like some like a, a type of story like it felt very Oscar Beatty. It felt like a type of story that I would be interested in like oh that was a yeah that was a really good movie. But that final scene in the trailer where Brendan Fraser is crying. I was very very close to cry like I it was hard to watch and and that's what I walked away with I was like this is not this is probably going to be an amazing movie but not a movie that is going to be uh, it's not a fun movie <laughs> it was it's not it was an incredible be, trailer it's not going to be easy to watch so uh, I Having talked about, you know, what is it, what is the purpose of a trailer? A, pur a purpose of a trailer is to take wherever your excitement for a movie is now and bump it up a couple of notches. This took my excitement for this movie from like a three or four. I was like, you know, wow, what is this new Brendan Fraser thing? What is what is all this buzz about? My excitement is like a nine or a ten now. I am like, I have to see this movie. And this is, you know, the trailer says... Brendan Fraser gives a performance of a lifetime. Now, that is something you can you can throw whatever you want up on the screen in any trailer, and it doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? People say, ah, the performance of a lifetime, the experience of a lifetime, all the time people say that. And it doesn't mean anything. I think this might be his performance of a lifetime. Like I'm I'm I, I can't say enough things about it. Um but you saw it, I sent it to you, I said, hey, watch it. And you did. And what do you so think? You're going to ask me what I thought. I can't say like, I thought what you thought. <laughs> How can you think anything else watching? Like as far as dramas go, this is 
This looks incredible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like really good. Like just that just that opening scene of him him um having a virtual class talking about writing and his little monologue there and his is his is the only video not being shown to this classroom it's a black screen on the zoom call his his camera's shut off yeah and then it kind of zooms out and you see him and it's like oh and it's like without saying anything showed like the classic what movies should do show don't tell like you immediately yeah. realize this guy is ashamed of who he is and what he looks like yeah but he's he's incredibly intelligent and caring and wants to see people do well like you get so much information about this character in that one shot oh, so good like i i can't wait to watch this film <laughs> right which going into it if i told you like ah oh, there's a new brendan fraser movie it's a drama he plays an overweight guy it, you'd be like oh okay yeah cool brendan fraser but well, you even, wouldn't be even with knowing like even with that release out in europe and the standing ovation eight minutes long, like, all that information i was like oh, okay i mean i like brendan fraser too eight minutes that seems exaggerated like i, I wasn't that inter like i was interested but i was gonna wait to like see it rented yeah, you weren't excited TV. like i want to excite watching the trailer like, i, I want to see this thing in theaters now yeah yeah like yesterday <laughs> yeah <laughs> like yeah oh like, my talk gosh about, yeah if 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 trailers are are a, a f fishing lure running through the water and where the fish they're trying to attract yeah I, i'm already in the boat and I didn't even bite the lure. <laughs> if if you could win Oscars for trailers, this would be the one. <laughs> yeah. This would be, be the a one. new Oscar category. Best trailer I've that. <laughs> I've only seen a handful of shots with him in that from the trailer. And I'm like, yeah, I, we, like, does there even need to be a vote? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just give the guy the Oscar. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. But mm. the question is, is the listener excited? I'm a listener. This, you're supposed to do a little <laughs> spiel there. You tell them to comment. And I'm, I'm a listener. I don't like care that. what they think. I'm going to go watch it. Fair enough. But Moving if on. You're interested in it. Tell Brady because Brady cares what you think. Because I care. <laughs> um, I don't give two craps. Yeah. <laughs> Something we've talked about many times. Carl not giving two craps. No, uh, something we've <laughs> talked about many times is uh, the MCU and specifically the Fantastic Four within the MCU yeah. and specifically the fan casting and sort of actual real kind of real multiverse real mm -hmm. casting of John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. That was so good. Reed Richards. What a payoff. And this has been, a, this what, has been, what a fan casting payoff. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's been the dream fan casting for a while now a and not time. just him, but like the dream team, right? They want John Krasinski as Reed Richards and Emily Blunt, his wife as Sue Storm. Yeah. Now we got that, <clears throat> excuse me, we got Reed Richards. We got, we didn't get 
Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. But we got John Krasinski as Reed Richards in Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness. And then speculation and questioning and worrying and excitement and all sort of things started spiraling as we talked about, well, but it's the multiverse. Does mm -hmm. that mean that when we get our actual Fantastic Four film, that John Krasinski will still be playing Reed Richards, or, and this was something you and I talked about in our this, our Multiverse of Madness review. It was your theory. You, you yeah, theorized is this, this when we reviewed it. Is this just Kevin Feige throwing the audience a bone saying, okay, I've heard you. I know how bad you want this. I'll it, let's So we're going to do it here because it's a multiverse. And so it's like... We can we can do this casting without it actually being a casting type thing. Yeah, we don't have to lock him down for a multi-film contract. Mm -hmm. Well, in an interview the other day, John Krasinski said, I have not, there have been no discussions about me playing Reed Richards moving forward. Now, a lot of people would say, wow, that, yeah, that just means they haven't discussed it yet. Bullshit. Bullshit. I, listen... Anyone, if there's anyone right now listening who goes, well, you know, maybe Kevin Feige doesn't know who his Fantastic Four is going to be yet. Bullshit. Yeah. I guarantee you, even though they haven't been announced, maybe there's some contracts that aren't completely officially signed yet. They're in discussions with people at the very least. But Kevin Feige knows who his who he wants yeah. for this. He it's, absolutely does. It, if it's on the roadmap, he's got an idea. <laughs> So, when you read this, it kind of makes it look like, well, I mean, it very much makes it look like, okay, that was a one and done. We're not going to get Reed Richards, at, or we're not going to get John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Everyone weep and cry, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Until you remember, and this is purely speculation, but until you remember a little gentleman named Andrew Garfield, who for a year and a half went on every talk show, did every interview, and quite convincingly lied through his teeth <laughs> and said, He's an actor. I'm not in the, no, I'm not in this new Spider-Man movie. I'm excited for it. I want to see it. I hope they, you know, I hope they do well, but uh, nobody's contacted me. Meanwhile, he'd already shot his scenes. <laughs> yeah. So. So the question is. The question is. John Krasinski, is, Tom Holland? Or, or is, is, he, he Andrew is he Andrew Garfield? <laughs> Tom Holland famously not being able to keep a secret about anything <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, it begs the question. It is something we have to consider is that, you know, the MCU now has a track record. They have a reputation for having actors who are attached to upcoming roles, who are not allowed to disclose that that's what's happening. And all the while, they're going to be asked about it. And so they're put in a position where they're like, okay, I, I got to lie about this. Or I'm going to get sued out of my ass. Um, <laughs> now, this situation is a little bit different than the Andrew Garfield situation in the, the, in the sense that it won't be a – if John Krasinski is Reed Richards, it's not going to be a surprise for us when we sit down to watch the movie, Right. Because you, you're not going to, they can't do an well, entire marketing campaign. It's Yeah, it's not a supporting trailers. role. It's a leading and, role. Yeah, it's the lead role. 
So, if John Krasinski is our Reed Richards, we will know about it. If not before the first trailer drops, we're sure going to know when the first trailer drops. Um, but yeah, it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. I haven't given up hope. Hmm. But I'm yeah. also not like it, it, I'm also not going to cry about it if they don't cast him. I thought he was. Well, I mean, even if we don't get a little him bit that we saw, Mister Fantastic, we can still get Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that would that would piss fans off. Fans would be like, "What the f- hell? <laughs> <laughs> Why not give us both?" <laughs> yeah, you gave us you get what? But uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's still possible? Do you think do you do you even care if John Krasinski is cast as Reed Richards, or are you just excited for Fantastic Four? Man. I would I would love to see John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, but I've already seen him as Mr. Fantastic. And I think my position on this uh, falls in line with our kind of agreed upon position that the, the actor serves the character. So the actor can change and, and it doesn't change the character. Yeah. Like, actor serves the I, character. I, character serves the story. Story yeah, serves the universe. That's yeah, the so <clears throat> yeah, I think I think that's that's the situation here. It doesn't matter. Well, it does matter who they get because you want somebody who Nicholas Cage. <laughs> you want somebody who's passionate. And, <laughs> passionate and then I will the character. And now I can stretch. You want somebody who understands the universe before they get hired. Like the more passionate a, an actor is about a character, the more they're going to fight for the character to kind of be true to who that who the character is in in the comics and the original source material and and I think that's really important and finding some like I think doesn't as long as you find somebody who cares about the source material then you're going to find an act a person that is going to serve the role justice yeah I agree I agree all right moving on to our final topic. Bum, bum, bum. It's another trailer. Listen, uh, if you had asked me a week ago, did you know that there's a Barbie movie coming out? I would say yes. Yeah, I am, I am aware that there's a Barbie movie coming out. If you had asked me, did you know that Margot Robbie is playing Barbie? I would say yes. Yes, I am. Duh. And in fact, the fact that the, the fact that Margot Robbie is playing Barbie might add a 0.5%, you know, to my to my interest in this. Then they would say, did you know that Ryan Gosling is playing Ken? I would say, yes. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. I, <laughs> I get it. Then they would say, are you excited? Is this a movie that you're at all remotely interested in? And I would say, no. No. I mean... You know, maybe once it hits a streaming service and I have the stomach flu and just need to put something on that I don't care about and can, you know, then, then yeah, I, I, you know, I can see, I can see being interested in throwing it on. Um, but I'm not like, I have no excitement level for this. Now we've talked about twice already. What is the purpose of a trailer? Purpose of a trailer is to take your, your interest in a film and, and notch it up a bit. Well, the first trailer for Barbie has dropped. And you would be forgiven if you thought that it was actually the trailer for 
2002 Space Odyssey Returns. Um, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I watched this trailer. And as far as trailers go, it succeeded. I'm not like, I don't need to see it in the theaters. I'm not there yet. We didn't get an actual, like enough of the actual movie in this trailer for me to go like, oh man, this actually looks really decent. Um, but from a marketing standpoint, what they did with the, the 2001 space, the, the Stanley Kubrick parody, this trailer was brilliant. This trailer is genius. Whoever is the, the guy, whoever is the guy or woman or whatever that came up with this trailer, give them a raise, give them a promotion Give them six months paid holiday. Just send them away. <laughs> stick them on a beach. They've earned it. Because this was genius. And I am not excited enough to go out and see it in a theater by any means. But it it will be on the movie bucket list now. It, it, it's, you know, instead of like, I, I will watch it on streaming sans stomach flu I, I won't need the stomach <laughs> flu in order to put this on um yeah i'm and i'm shocked if you'd asked me you know when the trailer comes out is it gonna interest you i would say no no in fact whatever i see in that trailer will probably make me even less interested than i am right now <laughs> but i am shocked i am shocked yeah. now i'm not the, i'm not the target audience for this and not because i'm a dude Simply because I don't know, it It seemed, from what I've been reading, there's a lot of really smart stuff they're doing in this as far as, like, the dress that you see Margot Robbie in in the film. That is the dress that the original Barbie was released in. Like, they're, they're, they're being really smart and clever and, 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 you know, they know their source material. For, for people and, that are as interested in Barbie as we are in comics. Yeah, it's going to be really an Easter egg hunt. appreciate what's happening on yeah. screen. I don't know the source material, really. I, I know very little, right? I might be able to, if I watch it, I might be able to go, oh, my sister had that toy. Or like, you know, oh, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, like that's, that the, that's, that's, that's the Barbie yeah. car. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I it, this trailer took my excitement from negative two. And bumped it up, I would say, like, to like a four or a five, um, mm. which surprises the hell out of me. Anyways, I sent you the trailer, and I'm sure of all the trailers I sent you, that is the one <laughs> that you the most begrudgingly clicked on. You're like, yeah, uh, I was, I was super interested. I, I, I'm still not super interested in this film. I don't, I don't need to watch it ever. I, this, the trailer did make peak my interest. But if I go my whole life without watching it, I, I'm not going to be hurt. And I think you kind of said something. I said said this just re, just a few seconds ago. Like it's for no fault of the film. I'm just not its target audience, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I think like, for me, the way that yeah. this film needs to go in order to succeed is to feel very much like the Lego Movie. Don't try to take it super seriously. Understand the world that it's in. Understand that you're dealing with a character who's been a doctor and an astronaut and a scuba diver <laughs> and every other profession under the sun. Right. 
and really run with that. If this has got, if this is a movie that has got Margot Robbie in it and Ryan Gosling and Simu Liu, Canada's own Shang-Chi, and they play it very Lego movie-ish, then I think they may have a recipe for something that's actually a lot of fun. Again, not being the target audience, but I mean, that's the ultimate success for a trailer, really. If I had negative interest and I'm not the target audience and you gave me a trailer and I went, huh, okay. Now I understand not only the aesthetic of the world in those last couple of shots, but also you have given me a taste of of the sensibility of the film with the Stanley Kubrick thing. You've told me this is our, this is the sense of humor that we're approaching this with. Right. I I think so. Yeah. I think there's one other kind of thing that I think we talked, we talked about, I don't think we talked about it on air, but I think we talked about it at some point. There's one other thing that kind of hurts this film though. And and that's that they apparently they're not using the Aqua Barbie Girl song at any point, <laughs> which just seems like a disservice to the film. I think, like you don't I need to use the whole film, no. but at at some point you need to have a "Come on, Barbie, let's go party!" Burr, burr, and then like there's like a party scene going on or something. You know what I mean? Like, or or the, just even as the end credit song is the song yeah, that plays like, as you're, soon as you're, the. It feels like a real disservice that. That they didn't reach out to Aqua and were like, we'd like to use your film in our Barbie movie. <laughs> uh, and maybe they still will. I mean, there's, yeah. there's all, you know, especially if it's an end credit song, there's like, there's you've lots got, of time to slap You've got literally up until the day you print the film. Like, you've yeah. got, you've got all the time in the world to, to sort that out. But yeah. All right. Well, I want to know, because I'll tell you right now, Carl doesn't give two shits. I want to know. <laughs> If you saw the trailer and if you did, what did you think about it? Did it? I don't did give it, two Barbie plastic dream houses. <laughs> did it bump up your excitement level at all or did it leave you, you know, just wishing? Actually, that- I would be interested to know who's interested in this film, I think. <laughs> just Why? I, w- I want to know who, so, who's, so I know like, not, who's who really not to talk excited to about I think I feel like I feel like as somebody who's like not interested in all at all, I do kind of want to know like, Who's really, who is excited? Who is the target audience? And why are they interested and excited? Like that, that kind of seems intriguing to me. Like when I, it's not something I like, if it's something I care about and I want to see, I don't really care if you want to see it or not, but this is something I don't really want to see. So I want to know why you want to see it. If you want to see it, I I feel like that's an intriguing conversation. I will put, um, in the in the show description, I will put Carl's cell phone number if you want to just <laughs> shoot him a text and uh, and yeah, let him know. Give him a call. I mean, the texts Let's are so impersonal. Let's go for coffee and talk yeah, about Yeah, give him this. a call. Ring a ding ding him. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for listening. That is the news. And as stated, it is the last news. It's the last of the news <clears throat> for 2022. Till the new year. Till the new year. And starting off in the new year, we'll talk about uh, all of the stuff that happened in the last little bit of December and the first little bit of January. And it will be glorious. Mm-hmm. Glorious. 
Um, make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All of those are listed below. Our Patreon. It's a wicked way to uh, to stay up to date on all the movie men stuff, as well as supporting the show and getting a bunch of bonus content, including something that's dropping uh, in the next like day or two. Um, Pete and I recorded a sort of just like a nice little, uh, Pete thought it was going to be little. I don't know who he was, who he <laughs> thought he was talking to. Um, but it's like an, a, close to an hour long, like just like a little Patreon exclusive Christmas thing. We're just talking about Christmas movies and Christmas food and Christmas drinks and presents and all kinds of stuff. And. I don't really remember it, but I'm sure it's good. So it's Patreon's your way to do that. We also have merch. There's a stocking. Christmas stockings. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Or girl or whatever. Check that out. Check out our merch. We've got like all kinds of stuff there. T-shirts, stickers, uh, water bottles, hoodies, teddy bears, pillows. Everyone wants a, you know. If someone coming into your house over the holidays and they see your movie man throw pillow sitting on your sofa or your love seat or your your Chesterfield or your couch. Or your bed. What a great conversation starter. Well, I why are people seeing your bed over the holidays? That's Well, you know, maybe you you have trouble uh, having conversations in bed with your significant other, and this would be a great conversation starter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Uncle Frank, do you want to come lay in bed with me and we'll... I said significant other. If Fra- Talk Uncle about Frank is your significant other, Brady, then you have a problem. Well, not my Uncle Frank, but someone's Uncle Frank could be my significant other. I'm sure there's more than one Uncle Frank. I don't even have an <laughs> Uncle Frank, <laughs> but I will soon. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> uh send us off say 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 something well uh, okay holiday uh, wish everyone until happy the new holidays. year i am not a barbie girl in a barbie world come on brady let's go party and 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 happy holidays and happy holidays yeah sure merry christmas you filthy animal <laughs> <laughs>